Welcome to This Week in Common Sense, starring Paul Jacob. My name is Timothy Verkula. Most weekends, we run through the big stories of the week as they appear at thisiscommonsense.org. And that's Common Sense with Paul Jacob, which is a, you know, a daily commentary program about the news, about the republic, about democracy in action, about liberty. And nearly every weekend, as I'm preparing for this, I ask Paul, well, how does he want to handle those five stories that he writes every day or every weekday? And uh, then he gives me an answer, and here's his answer. We talked about going in uh, backwards order, starting from today, which is uh, sh- sort of about the big news of the week, the uh, the visit to San Francisco, and uh, what is it, the... Um, I always saw the the uh, acronym, but uh, well, what was the is the APEC? Yes, it's uh, Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. So yes, that was it. But I, I noted that uh, Pretty Boy Gavin Newsom went out to to uh, meet. She's a uh, plane, and uh, and they had a uh, uh, you know had their meeting. In the Washington Post, Josh Rogan had a column that uh, that I posted something at uh, uh, StopTheChinazis.org about, where he, I thought, cut through all the crap. Uh, we've, you know, and, and this goes way back, we've had uh, George W. Bush look into Putin's heart and soul and uh, who knows what they did together? But my God, it was just ridiculous. We had Hillary Clinton rush to Moscow with the with the reset button, as if somehow, oh, sorry that you aren't pleased with every move that the United States of America has has made. I mean, when despotic regimes are not happy with us, is usually when the American people are most happy with their government. Anyway, that was uh, completely ridiculous. It's obvious if you look at at the last three, four decades that the U.S. has just been completely compliant to whatever China wanted to do. Rogan points out, you know, one of the things that will come out, and it did, is that they're going to help with fentanyl. They're going to help us cut down on fentanyl. Well, they're... There is one type of agreement that China breaks every time, and that is the agreement they sign. They have not followed any agreement ever. So he, uh, Josh Rogan points out, you know, that, that Trump had an agreement from Xi, similar meeting on fentanyl, and that China did nothing. But, but that almost seems like, oh, well, there's that one case of, no, they have made agreement after agreement after agreement. They said we are not militarizing the islands that they were militarizing. Oh, oh, they got militarized. Who knows? How did that happen? And and as stupid Americans, and I think much of the stupid stupidity is held together by the media who likes to do stupidity for a profession. This idea of, I mean, they the way they talk about China and the way they talk about our competition or whatever. Look, we compete with everybody. 
but it's not a big deal when we're competing with Germany or France or or Argentina or whatever, because no one's going to shoot each other. No one's going to arrest somebody for for no cause whatsoever and hold them as ransom. It it one of the things that this website that we have mentioned at, at thisiscommonsense.org, uh, but the website that we just launched recently, stopthechinazis.org, one of the things that it attempts to do, really the, the key thing it attempts to do, is to show what is going on, not just in the South China Sea, where there's sinking Vietnamese boats and harassing Filipino shipping and so on and so on, not just in their threats to take over and kill and murder a bunch of Taiwanese people and then snuff out their freedom, not just in what they're doing in Hong Kong and, and breaking an agreement that said, look, in 50 years, you can take over and stomp on everyone's neck, but you have to wait 50 years. And then the Chinazis, the CCP said, we can't wait. We so want to stomp on the neck of anyone who says anything that we, the CCP, don't like. So here is this group that has concentration camps that believes in kind of a Han Chinese dominance of their society that people will say has never attacked a neighbor except for the neighbors they've attacked and the other neighbors that they've taken over. So it's kind of like, yeah, well, except for the killing, they're not killing. Except for the torturing, they're not really so torturous. Uh, but there is that nasty torture and killing and genocide. And I, as I always point out, the Uyghur genocide is not their first. And maybe somehow because Falun Gong is a religious thing, it's a theocracide or who knows what the term is. You might, Jim, or Tim, I'm hoping, uh, but, uh, but I don't know what the term is, but it's basically attempting to wipe something out and in doing so to wipe out the people who believe in it. And to me, that's a genocide. And that's a sick, twisted thing for a government to want to do. And that's their whole, that's their, you know, that's kind of their uh, reason for being, it seems. And, uh, and, and so we, we go to a meeting like this, and there were a few voices. Michael Pillsbury was on uh, uh, Fox and had some things to say, uh, you know, let's be sober and realize that China's going to tell us whatever they want to hear, whatever they think we want to hear. And they're going to do what they want to do. That's what they've always done. That's what they're going to do now. And that the main thing we can do, and I pointed this out, uh, uh, is not act like idiots and, and let them know, no, we're no longer asleep at the switch. We no longer believe your lies like that they might actually be true. And, uh, and hopefully that came out of the summit. I kind of doubt it, but, but one can always hope. Um, but the bums rush <laughs> after that long diatribe, uh, Tim, uh, is not really about the summit so much as about us and about San Francisco, maybe, because uh, it has been suggested that maybe the reason that they couldn't clean up defecation on the street, drug abuse everywhere, and I'm not talking about just the smell of pot, which seems to be, you know, pretty, uh, pretty ubiquitous these days uh, around America. But I'm talking about people shooting needles into their arm on the street. 
And uh, it's not pretty anywhere, but it, it's better when you don't see it. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it, it's horrible to think of what has happened, encouraging crime, all this sort of thing. And then kind of the chief totalitarian, you know, leader of the East comes to visit. And all of a sudden we have to take quick action. We got to do the bums rush, which, as you pointed out, Tim, is a uh, uh, is a really a good idea, which is to tell bums, get out of here. You can't sleep in front of my store. You can't sleep in front of this hotel. You can't you can't live on the street. Um, and, you know, we want humane policies doesn't mean that you have to be mean to people, um, but it does mean you have to be firm about no, we're not turning our downtowns into tent cities. And if you have, you know, we, we have people here uh, that my wife and I hike and there's different places where you'll see edges of little encampments and woods, different places. Um, and of course the, the, the price of housing, which, you know, word to the wise is all driven by liberal do-gooders who want to slap all kinds of things on the building of houses and dictate that market and screw it up and make it so expensive that people can't afford to live places. But these people are rarely bothered in any way, uh, nor should they be. And what they're doing is technically not legal. You can't just go live on some public property, but in kind of an Andy Griffith-esque view of reality, well, why not? Why they got to live somewhere? Why would I want to go harass them? They're not bothering anybody. And isn't that the crux of the matter? When you, you know, when you're sleeping in front of where someone wants to walk, that's a problem. If you're not sleeping, if you're walking around downtown and you're not a problem, well, then you can walk around downtown all you want. It's free. But if you're defecating in the street, you need to be arrested and put in jail. And maybe you need some some help beyond that. Uh, but boy, that's, uh, but what does it say about us that we can, we, nobody says boo, the media doesn't say boo. Now, if, if Donald Trump was taking a trip there or some other world leader, if Putin was taking a trip there, and all that was cleaned up, I think there might have been a different spin put on it by the media. We'll never know. I'm just suggesting uh, that part of the positive spin is that American elite sort of likes China. And I don't mean I don't mean China. I have a, I have a, a scenes of different countries and nature and stuff that come up on my on my uh, computer. And uh, one came up today, just just these beautiful kind of sharp mountains and so on. And China is very mountainous that way. I haven't been the only place I've been in China is Hong Kong. And so I haven't I haven't seen these firsthand. But what beautiful mountains. Uh, Now I'm going to forget why I wanted to mention that. Well, I certainly don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't I really just, know I just as soon as I said that and I thought about the thing I remember, if I had to live homeless living in the in one of those mountain mountains in China would be a great place I'm just saying that uh, I know what what I, what I was alluding to that China is a wonderful place 
the trees, the people, the, the streams, <laughs> sometimes the streams are not so nice, <laughs> the rivers. But, but hey, it's a great place. Chinese people are great. There's only one reason that I don't like China or the CCP rule China, and that's because they're thugs. And so when someone kind of loves China, but what they love about it is the leadership and the boy, they can get things done because they just if you're in the way, they might kill you. You know, our, our government could get things done if they just mowed down people who stood in their way. That's not what we want. Or or let me just suggest that might not be what we want. Well, I certainly agree with that, though I do think that uh, being uh, firm with vagrants is important. Uh, what they did on this uh, cleanup job appears to be that they moved them from the areas that Xi would see to the movie um, areas that she wouldn't see uh, which is sort of a, a, a Potemkin village kind of thing uh, kind of a what, what the Ru Russians did uh, during the Soviet period uh, to visitors to from America that's how so many intellectuals thought that things were going on so great is that they were shown to the the, the cleaned up sections and so forth the, the fake sections. It, it's also a view in Washington that perception is reality and it's not it's not the same as reality, but they don't care because they realize they can win election with perception and screw the reality that gets uglier and uglier. Yeah. So forcibly moving the camps around the city, you know, they'll just you know that actually would be better than letting them stick over the whole city. If 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 you have five sectors of the city where they could go, and they use every every few weeks, you just move them to another sector. And after a while, they get the idea that maybe this isn't as easy life as they uh, as, as we thought. And if every time you did that, you arrested people uh, for excreting on the streets and for uh, shooting up, you know, I think that that would be would be helpful. Uh, this is I, actually a, part of that's a real big deal now is because, you know, I come from a libertarian angle and the libertarians are now being dragged. Uh, Matt Walsh and others are, are saying that the, the policies that libertarians like, which is legalized drugs, has failed. Well, my policy has never been you can shoot up wherever you want. That's not a policy right. that we, right. we supported. It's also not a policy that I think that you can live wherever you want. Uh, that's actually a very much not a libertarian policy. Right. So right. this idea that our, the current drug situation is a disproving of libertarian ideas on drug legalization uh, seems kind of weird to me. Um, Though I, I do admit I have some difficulty sympathizing with people who die of fentanyl because these are people who have given up. And mostly, most of these people are, I, I think that we need to, the, the, the blame for fentanyl use in America is the policies that mean there's no, there's, the employment opportunities are very poor, the public schools are absolutely dreadful, and people don't have a purpose, and so they become drug drug addicts. So I blame I blame the teachers, and I blame the and I blame the uh, uh, the policymakers. I'm not so sure about uh, I'm not so much against the teachers or policymakers. I thought you were going to more blame the 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 uh, drug addicts, but I think one of the problems with fentanyl. Is that I mean every year a certain number of drug addicts die of a bad heroin or something else, but fentanyl is just so strong it seems. And I say this I'm I'm no expert. If you're looking for a podcast 
on medical expertise, you've come to the wrong place, uh, especially on this. But it, it seems that what's happening is that some kid who gets a pill and says, oh, maybe I'll try a pill. Uh, it's laced with fentanyl. And I take it because fentanyl is very cheap to produce and easy to smuggle and so on. And so all of a sudden he's, you know, what what somebody in our time might have taken some drug that they shouldn't have just to experiment. And the worst thing is that they might have had a bad afternoon or, or they might have had a good afternoon. And, and instead today, your chances of dying are just way high. Right. And, and during our day, parents and policymakers and teachers lied to you and said, your chances of dying are way high. But everybody knew they were lying to you. Today, I wonder if a lot of kids think they're lying to you, but the chances are way higher, way right. higher. And, right. and fentanyl right. is. And but of course, in, in that conversation, I think about because it's less expensive and easier to smuggle. Well, if drugs are legalized, there's no smuggling to it. And and, you know, and even, you know, marijuana is legal in a lot of the country. But it has been legalized in about as stupid and as elitist a manner as you can imagine with legislature passing stuff or initiatives getting together uh, groups of people who are going to be bestowed millionaire status because they now have a license to do what nobody else could do and nobody else still can do. And it's 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 mercantilism. It's state capitalism. It's ugly. And it also creates a situation where at least uh, reports in California and, and other places in the country, uh, the price is high enough with illegal pot that that illegal pot continues to be produced and, and traded. And, you know, all of all of that. We have a problem with drugs and even, you know. I look at marijuana and I think, boy, if you're going to have a drug problem, that's about as mild a drug as you can find to have a problem with. Uh, but that's still the way to look at it, that that all of these create problems. And so it's not like, gee, great, the whole world can, you know, we'll just we'll fall. Oh, I don't feel quite right. I want to feel this way. It's not going to work that way. And of course, I think the more people are free to experiment, the more they'll come to that conclusion. But uh, now some people say, well, we can't afford for them to experiment. They're experimenting all the time. You can make them jump higher hoops. That's about all you can do. And uh, but what's so true about the problem, and it leads us actually to uh, to the, the next one, maybe to talk about, which is Thursday, since we're going in backward order, limits of not to. But it's it's a lot of it is property rights and that you can believe that marijuana should be legal without believing that anybody who wants to can light up on a city street and cause everybody to smell an odor that they may not want to smell. Um, and, and, you know, we have to figure out where rights begin and end. Um, and, and that's something that in this, uh, particular piece about, uh, limits, uh, I think, you know, it, it, People think about freedom of speech, but they don't think about, you know, there are other things that go into it. And uh, it's the it, you're free to speak, but that doesn't mean you're free to shout fire in a crowded theater. And the reason, unless there's a fire, unless there's a fire. But the truth is part of the reason 
if it's your own theater and you have big signs outside that say, hey, don't get startled, but in the middle of the movie, I'm going to yell fire. Then, and you have everybody sign a waiver, then you can stand in your theater and yell fire all day and night. It's, it's that you're in somebody else's theater and you're causing a problem and you're leading to harm. It's fraudulent. It's, uh, and, and we go through some of the, you know, the, you could obviously, you could hire a hitman. Well, it's not free speech to say, hey, I'll pay you this much to kill this person. Oh, hey, you can't, you can't prosecute me for that. I was just using free speech. And then later say, well, I didn't really mean to, to I wasn't meaning that. Well, you're going to go to a, ju a jury and they're going to decide whether they think you meant that or not. This, this, we have had oftentimes this total free speech that anything can be said. And then we've had other times where everything anyone says could be wrong and therefore could hurt somebody's feelings or whatever the other harm, awful harm is going to be. And therefore, we get to regulate everybody's speech. And the interesting thing is that those positions have largely come from the same direction, which is the American left. And I don't mean liberals in the sense that, you know, the old ACLU was very, when they were liberal, was very good on these issues. Libertarian, very libertarian on these issues. Lots of conservatives were very liberal and libertarian on these issues. Lots of Democrats, Republicans. Today, we we seem to so much be reacting with anger and with shutting down. I have a friend I text with sometimes and every once in a while, uh, it's usually about uh, China policy and Taiwan and different things like that. But he's a big Democrat and every once in a while we'll get into that. And I realize his view of Republicans, hopefully, <laughs> and I'm not a Republicans, but, uh, but I tend to vote Republican and, uh, but his view is so dehumanizing. They're bots. They're there. And, and you see that a lots of different places. And I don't mean that if, for a second that if he bumped into someone, he would treat them as a, you know, just a, a thing. But that's that's and, and it's, it's a two way street, although I think it hap tends to happen a lot more the way people who support Trump are treated by people who hate Trump is Nazi-like thinking and speech. It is these people are completely, they have no thoughts of their own. They're simply his minions. And, and it, it just is completely outside of reality. Um, so it's, well, there's, there's one part of all that that I may disagree with you a little bit. I think that with Israel, and your piece on Thursday was a little bit kind of about Israel, uh, because it was about Nikki Haley. Uh, right. uh, Nikki Haley wants to clamp down on speech because she doesn't like people supporting Palestine. And uh, and some of, some of the people who support Palestine and Hamas are truly evil people. They, they they support evil things, but other people are just kind of confused. And, right, and, right. I mean, for instance, there's this chant of "From the river to the sea," and I don't think that most people who say it believe that that they should kill all the Jews and take their property. I don't believe that's what they're thinking, but that's what some people, the Hamas, that's probably what they mean. Yes, 
and it and and we have to be able to both realize that everyone who ever said that or chanted that or is not thinking let's kill everyone and then we also have to own up the fact that hey these people over here that is what they're thinking and so this and, makes it complicated it makes it a very complicated yes, issue it does make it it does make it complicated but, but, and this this particular piece i thought was was uh interesting because it changed we wrote it because nikki haley had said you know that basically we need to get rid of anonymity on right. the internet and uh and in some ways and she ended up then walking that back and and the way she walked it back wasn't okay uh i think because it it didn't make any sense she basically said and in, in reality she may have thought that i'm not saying that it was a completely erroneous thing but what she said was, no, I only meant we have to stop the Russian bots and the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots and anonymity in that way. But of course, if you can't stop anonymity in the United States, then they can just pose as United States folks. And and the truth is, there's a certain level at which we have to have standards of speech that, I mean, if we're scared to death, that's that the Russians might buy some Facebook advertising and our whole country fall apart. I mean, we've been around for a couple hundred years. We've had some serious enemies. I mean, we're not exactly a complete paper tiger, are we? I mean, you think about how the, the Chinese government, the CCP is, oh, no one, you know, anywhere says anything against us. We can't stand that. We should have a little bit tougher skin. And, and so I don't know that the first thought is to is to basically let's clamp down on anonymous foreign uh, uh speakers but but what's interesting to me is she was smart to make that change and and to point out that that she's not anti the federalist papers and these other things and i think somebody out there listening could be thinking Paul, what are you talking? She's a brilliant lady because she figured out that we don't want to just stomp on the Federalist Papers. And brilliant might not be the term of, of choice for me, but so many people who have been close to being president, who have been president, because the guy now, um, and other politicians, they don't give a damn about the Federalist Papers. They, you can argue all you want about throughout American history. This has been really important. You point out in, uh, NAACP versus Alabama, where the state of Alabama during, you know, the uh, the uh, Jim Crow days uh, wanted to know who was giving money to the NAACP. And they wanted to know so that they could try to crush those people in whatever way they could went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, no, you don't have a right to get that information. People have a right to privacy and free association. Now, people like Biden and the media, for the most part, if they like the outcome, then they're all for free association. But if they don't like the outcome, then it needs to be stomped on because of some other value that they're going to bloviate about. And so um, it is something for her to stop and step back and say, no, 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 well, you're right. We can't go against the right to anonymous speech for American citizens. And uh, and it's a something, you know, there's a lot more to be said here. 
one of the biggest problems, and maybe it's just me, but uh, one of the biggest problems in our society is we never discuss anything or talk about anything. You know, people are, oh, there's a zillion people talking all the time. But now with any desire to kind of get more information and make decisions and think, okay, now they think this, like in, in business, in social situations, if you're running a church, if you're running anything, you kind of think about what, I wonder what, what Sam's thinking about that. We change that around. Is he going to be okay with that? Because we want him happy. He's going to be much more productive if he's happy. And it doesn't matter if it's the church or the family or the business or what. You want Sam to be happy because you want him to be productive. But you don't, you don't want to hurt Sally's feelings. All these things are, it, it, it's critical that we think about what each other needs. It's it's a, you know, let's not get carried away, but it's a marriage of sorts, a, a society. And if we can't ever have an intelligent adult conversation, I mean, anywhere. It's a it's a huge friggin' deal. And I say that knowing that when I was a, a kid and a teenager and you had a lot fewer channels, you could see people discussing real political issues. You could see people on talking about issues who weren't running for any office. It wasn't about they weren't they didn't have a new book even that they were necessarily selling. It was a public issue of interest. And they found some people to talk about. And I don't want to, you know, pretend that that was perfect uh, time either, of course. But um, but we've really got to a point where, you know, uh, free speech, it's it's uh, we can't even kind of agree on a on a common sense definition of the term. Very good. Uh, <laughs> I want to move along. If people can, if people are watching, they can see a cat in front of me. Really quite, and, and now he's on the piano. Because the tail took up literally almost the whole screen there. That was, I, I, I hope the, we get some of that. I, I turned the piano off. Anyway, um, if camera one didn't get that, surely camera two, three, or four got. Yeah, it, so. yeah. No, there's, there's, you can see a little blur there. Um, <laughs> And now my computer wants to update. No, we don't want to update right now. Uh, so November, let's go to Democratic Notion for Goshen. Can we agree on what that means? Because the title doesn't really mean anything to people, I don't think, because what's Goshen? You know, it's funny because when I first heard the story, I, was, I had some friends in Michigan who, who got involved in this battle a little bit. And uh, so that's when I heard the story. And I got confused. I thought Goshen was the name of the town. It's not. It's the name of the company. And it's a company that does EV batteries. And their parent company is a Chinese-owned company. And they got a real sweetheart deal from the legislature in Michigan, which is now Democrat. And the governor cheerleading the, I think it was $175 million, uh, you know, give me uh, to get them to build a plant. And the thing is, the people in, I think it was Green Township, uh, they didn't want to do it. They didn't want the plant. And and part of it is they didn't like the fact that it was a company that was tied to China. And uh, and I don't I don't blame them. This is uh, a Green Township, which might not tell you much, is in Macosta County in Michigan, um, which still may not tell you much. I've heard of that county. It's probably as big as Wakaiacum. I bet it's bigger. 
If I've heard of it across the country, I bet it's bigger. Anyway, uh, uh, so so they pushed. They went to the legislature. They went to their township board, and they said, "Look, we don't want this." And basically, we're told to go fly a kite. And that's what happens politically all the time all over the country. But in Michigan, they have an initiative process and a referendum process. And they have a recall process. And a week ago Tuesday, on election day, they took out their entire township board, five members, there was a sixth member who resigned before the vote. So they, they took that one out too. Uh, but they took their entire board out. And uh, and look, I had looked through all of it. I'm, I'm, people could make arguments maybe on both sides, but that's the beauty of it. People can make arguments on both sides and then the voters decided. And it's been my experience that oftentimes voters don't recall politicians when they desperately deserve recall. Rarely do they ever recall anybody who doesn't deserve it. And in spades. So um, so this is a big message. Now, you still have some people in that township government and in the, the broader area around there who, hey, we've got a deal, we're going to push this deal, even though we know the people living here don't want us to do that, that's tough. And there's all kinds of questions about, you know, how the land was decided and sold and everything else. This piece, um, which is a Democratic Notion for Goshen, G-O-T-I-O-N, uh, uh, you know, that. There, the information isn't there yet, really, in terms of was there some corrupt motive, but there's been plenty alleged. Um, and again, it's the sort of thing where when you're elected to the township council or the Congress, you know, on a moral issue that you think is just you can't vote the way your constituents want you to because it just would be morally wrong for you to do so then i understand completely even if i disagree with your your you know judgment of what more what is moral and what isn't if i think you're sincere but this idea that we're going to make whatever deals we feel like making for the future of this community, regardless of whether the people who live in this community kind of like, we'll just replace you and we'll get new people to come live here. Uh, you know, and we'll tax you to death so that we can afford to do it. It's like, this is, this is insanity. And the difference between the local level and Washington is night and day. And that's what this piece, that's really the main point this piece makes because at the local level, in most of the cities and counties in this country, there is an initiative or a referendum process or a recall process. There's some ability for citizens to strike back directly to rectify a wrong or to make a new start or to create a reform that wasn't there before. Um, in about half the states, there's also that ability. Some are better than others, but about half, half the states have a statewide ability. There is nothing like that at the federal level. 
there is no direct check on the Congress. And we're electing people from districts that are 760,000 people on average. So we're electing people who, to run for office, you better have millions. So we, we, we have kind of created a system that, that doesn't serve any of, the, any of the kind of Republican democratic values that we say we believe in. In the same way that we wanna help the poor and make sure they're not left behind in our economy, even as the left that says that the most is constantly pushing to raise the cost of everything because we've got to, we got to fight climate change. We got to do this for the environment or that. And look, I could agree. There's some competing priorities maybe there, but you can't continue on and on and on to say, we really care most about income inequality, but we're going to jack the price of everything up to where only the rich people can afford to live. That's, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's, that's where we are. Well, Tuesday's piece has a title that you loved uh, because you made it. <laughs> and and uh, if, in fact, you may have like the, done the Democratic notion for Goshen, too. Uh, but the Calb gas stations decapped. Now, I like that because it had D-E-K and D-E-K. Yeah. That was just a fun way. It looks, Me too. That's it a, probably that's looks all. better on page than it does sound. But nevertheless, uh, DeKalb County, I've heard that's another county I've heard of. Uh, right outside of Atlanta, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and this is something about uh, gas stations. This is, um, you know, this is kind of the ability to tax is the ability to destroy. And uh, uh, basically, they've decided, the county has, that they're going to force all the uh, gas stations to up there they need to have cameras here and here and they have to hold the footage and they have to turn over the footage and of course someone's going to take this to court and say no 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 you can't force us to create all kinds of footage for you and then and then force us to give it to you so this isn't going to go very far i don't think but that the county thinks they have that sort of right to tell gas stations what they what they're going to do and that they kind of work for them too is is really irritating and of course you pointed out that uh you know you wonder if it wasn't some of the gas stations suggesting why don't we up the ante on everybody and force out some of the smaller stations that can't afford to do it and that is so often uh the the case that you know, I, we don't know in this case if that was, you know, who whispered to who or how this came about. But boy, um, you know, this is this is the sort of thing that whether it happened because people just thought this would be a great, wonderful idea or whether it was some nefarious plot. You know, it really doesn't matter because you can't give government that sort of power. Good people will abuse that sort of power and bad people will really abuse it. And, and that's something that is constantly missed. You know, through all the Trump years, constantly there'd be something where Trump said he was going to do something and the media would reply, oh, how could he dare think he has that sort of power? And then it would come out 24 hours later that, oh, wait a second, he does have that power. And then, of course, you read that in the story and you realize how he got it. Congress gave it to him. Congress gave all kinds of power away. They love to do it because then, hey, it's not, not their fault. 
So they gave all that power away. And and to to this day, I can't think of any power that they regretted Trump having that they have continued to push should be gotten rid of. And that's something that the, the founders of this country recognized. You've got it. You have to hold everybody accountable. You've got to have rules that even for the worst people work. You can't base it on, oh, we're all going to have wonderful. We're always going to have a wonderful president who will always do the right thing. Um, and I'm not suggesting, as the media does, that that Trump did more bad things than the next president. Just that it's interesting that they do not see it as a principle, as a rule, as something that should be set in stone. They see it as something that them, the smart people, will get together and decide on a case-by-case basis. On a case-by-case basis, politicians for the last 70 or 80 years, 90 years maybe, what are we at now? 70, 80 years for uh, Social Security have put up a system that they say is one thing and is another, and they allow this uh, this set of lies they engage in as a way of not being responsible about the system that they set up. To my knowledge, I don't think I don't think the media has ever wanted to explain that to anyone. Has ever wanted to pull the pull the curtain back and let people see what really is happening. And and this is it is and it isn't. And it's about Social Security and the lockbox and the you know all the other ridiculousness. But I got a, a statement a couple of years ago, or my wife got it and showed it to me. Of, of what I'd be getting in Social Security, and then we can calculate what she'd be getting in Social Security. And, uh, you know, it's a it's it's not a bad little sum of money. Uh, it'll help. Um, and, and of course, I paid in, you know. Uh, of course, I don't, nobody seems to really know whether they paid in more than they're taking out or not. So it's not exactly a savings account or anything. But, um, but the interesting thing is tomorrow the Congress could vote and say, Paul Jacob is owed squat. Paul Jacob gets nothing. And a case like that has already gone to the Supreme Court. I, we did a common sense on it years ago. Uh, uh, I remember Ed Crane at the Cato Institute mentioned the case to me. He said, it's already been decided. The Supreme Court's already ruled. There is no, you have no, uh, there's no entitlement. You're not guaranteed anything. Your benefits, it's a it's a program where they tax you the amount they want, and then they give you the benefits that they decide to give you. And uh, and so that that's very scary. And it's the sort of thing that people need to <laughs> need to know. Um there's there's no there's no net, there's no backstop, there's no nothing. That, you know, we, we like to think of it as a program where we pay in and it, it's a we, we created this big thing and it helps everybody. We're all in this together and we pay in and we get something back because we don't want people who are old living in terrible conditions and so on. And, you know, that's wonderful, except if that's not really what it is, it's a big fat lie. And it means people will be living in not wonderful conditions. If, if and and to the degree that 
Social Security has been a success. It's been a success because the Congress has been able to grab other money and, and throw it in. And for years, as it was being set up, Congress was able to take all the extra and spend it and spend it and spend it. So it's it's um, but but we never get, um, you know, it, it, it almost seems like you'd think just accidentally someone would say, well, should we do an expose on this issue in which really everything the government says is a lie? And it never happens. And it never happens because for the most part, the fourth estate, the free press is in on the scam. Um, we should mention that that um, earlier article is linked in the current article, the, the Monday's article, and the case is called Fleming versus Nestor. Yes. So there you are, Fleming versus Nestor. It's an interesting case because it's not quite what you think it would be, but it is uh, revealing. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, that was five pieces in one week. The week that was. There you are. We will, uh, I suspect, be talking a little bit more about the uh, uh, the summit, the uh, the meeting with uh, Xi Jinping and and Biden, and uh, and just where we where we go from there, because in essence, the uh, the two things we got were they're now willing to communicate military to military. So, so when the when the war starts, we're going to get a really prompt, friendly call. <laughs> so, so I mean, not that not that it, that isn't better than not to have any communication. But come on, that's that's not a low bar. That that bar's on the ground. You just have to step over it. And and then the other thing was fentanyl, and that's a complete joke. That's an absolute joke. And and what does it say to Chinese folks in the know that in America, Xi Jinping can come over and say, oh, no, I don't know why you people are threatened. We would never go to war over anything. We would never do anything bad. We love everybody. And and by the way, we'll help you on this fentanyl thing. And oh, climate change, whatever. It's all a bunch of BS. And they know it. And they know that any smart American knows it, too. And so what does it say that we we go on this pretentious uh, pretend bromance with some genocidal dictator? I'm not sure whose interest that serves. It's not ours. So there we are. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> I think that's actually kind of <laughs> what can you do? Except yeah, try to stay alive till next week. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.